to the KC City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. How's it going, KC City Church? Good. Good? good? Is God good or what? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I used the example last Sunday because we were talking about finances. I used the example of taking a tea bag and a hot cup of water. But let's imagine I got a big jug of water up here, enough for everybody, and I'm gonna make some of my mama's sweet tea. And down, down south, we have iced tea. You guys have it hot here. I've had to get used to that, so I'm gonna take you down south, all right? We're gonna make some of mama's iced tea. A little bit of sugar in there, a little bit of sweetness. Mm, sit on the front porch, rocking chair. Just watch the sun go down. That's southern living right there, amen? So welcome to my front porch. But if I take that hot water and I just drop a few tea bags in there, something amazing happens. And I talked last week about how God wants to infuse your life. So we're talking about finances today. We're talking about tithing and, and giving, but we're talking about it in the context of your whole life. You know, one of the songs that uh, we, we sang today, my life will proclaim. You know, it's not part of my life. It's not a bit of my life. It's my whole life will proclaim. Amen. God prospers us from the inside out. You know what? I can walk into a sad room and I can walk in there with that joy and that full assurance that I have in Christ Jesus and I can start interacting with people and I can start moving to places of need and I start to infuse myself into that room. You know, something shifts. Depression starts to struggle a little bit. Whatever happened in the morning that made a a difficult day for somebody begins to break apart. Amen? Oh, we're a light in darkness, amen? And we infuse ourselves into environments. We infuse ourselves with, with God on the inside, amen? Amen? You're like, we talked last week, you know, I said, welcome to Christianity. You're a, you're a Christ-anointed, Holy Ghost-empowered teabag. You know, we're a bunch of teabags, Amen? But when you drop those tea bags in there and it starts to infuse, mama used to make sun tea. She had a big jar. She didn't even boil a kettle. Didn't even know really what an electric kettle was till I got here. But she had this, sun, this, this big jar with a lid on it and she'd pop the tea bags in there and see what, she would sit it out there in the sunshine, S-U-N. But how about we just sit ourselves in the sunshine, S-O-N, hey? How about we do that, amen? And God just heats us up on the inside. Oh, everything starts to move, amen? And we start to infuse ourselves into everything around us, amen? Our God, amen? Our God on the inside coming out. Hallelujah. You know, we're meant to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. We need the word of God. We need truth. You know what? Because the word of God resets my thinking, resets my self-definition, which constantly seems to skew to the left and, and go awry. And God just says, no, I want to bring a little correction, keep you on the road. I want to keep you going. I'm going to help you pick up the pace a little bit. Our God, amen. We need the word of God. We need truth. And we need spirit to go with it. Because you know what? All word and no spirit, all truth and no spirit is like that tea bag just sitting on a plate, dry as a bone, doing nothing. Right. Doing nothing. Right. All truth, no spirit, you got nothing. You got nothing but potential. Potential that just sits there. But when you... Chuck yourself in that Holy Ghost anointed water and the sunshine starts to infuse and move. Everything starts to shake. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we talked last week. God loves a cheerful giver. 
And we talked about that cheerful giver. That, that word cheerful is hilarious. In the Greek, it translates into English as hilarious. God loves a hilarious giver. Oh, you know, we talked about that moment of giving where it's just hilarious, you know. And God says, I want you to give that person $800. And you're going, <laughs> you know. And, and then you come to that point of going, I'm going to do this. And then it gets really funny. That's when the hilarity begins. And then you give it over and you walk away. And it's like a well has broken up on the inside of you. It's like a well that's being capped. And you just gush. Nobody knows. But you just walk away going, Amen. It is full of joy. Am I preaching to myself? No, oh, I hope not. Somebody shout, somebody come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Our God is good. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6. But I say to you, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. That's simple math to me. The math of the kingdom is pretty simple. You sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. That's not a Casey City Church principle. That's not something man made up. That's something God said. Right. Amen? Amen? So let each one give as he purposes in his head. No, in his heart. Oh, you don't give with your head. You fight a battle there sometimes. The word of God can help correct that. Hopefully what's going out today will help to adjust that and correct that. But you give from in here. This is where the well is. Amen? Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful, everybody say hilarious, hilarious. giver. Amen. That's who God loves. And God is able to make all, catch this, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, everybody say me. me. Always having all sufficiency in all things. Everybody say all things. all things. May have an abundance for every good work. Hallelujah. The math of the kingdom produces results. I've seen it time and time again. Any, any of you seen the results? Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah? Hallelujah. I got an amen over here, so let it be done. That's all right. Amen. You know, but in the kingdom, God's all about stewardship. We're going to talk a little bit more about stewardship today. Now, I always think of stewards. I think of the love boat. I think of, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was on the deck of the love boat and he greeted everybody. I don't know. He was like the gopher. He just went everywhere. Everybody under the age of 35, I probably just lost you. But anyway, there was a boat. There was a show. You watched Love Boat and then you watched Fantasy Island. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? I'm right. Yeah, I'm right. Hallelujah. God is all about stewardship. He's all about responsibility. And when we talk about stewardship, the, the, the Greek word is economia. We get our, our English word economy from it. It's a compound word, economia. Eco, from the Greek word oikos, meaning house. Everybody say house. house. The second part of that compound word means law or to rule. So ruling over the affairs of a household. Whose household do we rule over in this earth? Who, what has Jesus entrusted to us in this earth? Amen? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, we're stewards in his house. We're like that guy Gopher on the love boat, you know? It's his boat. And we just get the joy of dressing nice and living in it 
and helping people where we can. That's the work of the kingdom. I gave you the parable last week about stewardship. I'm going to read through it uh, again for you. Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. Jesus, you know, again, last week I shared like, it's, some, it's something like 14 or 15 of the parables that Jesus gave that he gave out, that he taught from, well over half of them were all about economics and finance. This is important to Jesus, and I'm gonna show you that he takes it personally in a few minutes. I touched on it last week, but in this parable, Jesus says, for the kingdom of heaven is like, everybody say, is like. Is like. is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants, everybody say, me. me. And delivered his goods to them. Whose goods? His goods to them, to you. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. You know, we're not all equal in ability. Some of you guys are smarter than me in some areas. Some of you guys are dumber than me in some areas. All right, you know, we're not all equal. I need you. All right, we're smart together. We got a high IQ together. We could add, do the math in this room. We're pretty smart as a group. Not so smart alone. Each according to his ability, and immediately he went on a journey. And then he who had received five talents went and traded them and made it into another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. And he who had received one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord and all of his servants uh, called all of his servants to him, and they came, and he settled accounts with them. We talked last week. There's a settling of accounts, amen? The Bema seat of Christ, the reward seat of Christ, where we're going to stand before him individually. Our life's going to be tested, everything that we did, and everything of eternal value is going to be an adornment. It's going to be like a whole bunch of precious stones, and what I don't even know what it's going to look like. We just know it's going to be so valuable. But everything that's wood, hay, and stubble that was of no eternal value that we did with the wrong motive might have done the right thing with the wrong motive. We might have done the wrong thing with the right motive. We might have done the wrong thing with the wrong motive. But when you get the right thing with the right motive and you do it in the right way, you do it God's way, the math adds up, amen? And we're gonna stand before him and we're gonna be adorned with these rewards, amen? amen. And then we become Christ's adornment in eternity. It goes on to say, and we, we get an account, I'm going to summarize because I'm in a little bit of a hurry today. I'm not in as much of a Pentecostal mo mood. I'm, I'm in a bit of a hurry. So I'm in a bit of a hurry. Well done, good and faithful servant was what this Lord said to the first one who took five and turned it into five. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's our goal in this life. You know, what's my goal? What's my purpose? My goal is to arrive before Jesus Christ and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. In that moment, I get to see my whole life the way Jesus sees it. Oh, how blessed is that going to be? Because I don't see myself clearly. That's the reward. And for the one who had taken two and turned it into two, he got the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. But he goes on to say, I will make you ruler over many things. 
Faithfulness produces results in the kingdom of God. Faithful in little, ruler over much. When the Bible says faithful over little, it's actually talking about the smallest element. It's literally talking about a grain of sand. Faithful in the smallest thing. Are you faithful in little things or do you disregard them and not worry about them? Because Jesus is into the details. He's into those little things because those little things add up. And if, if I can't trust you with a grain of sand that has next to no value whatsoever, then how could we trust you with something bigger? Amen? It's a test. And then he goes on to say, enter into the joy of your Lord. Oh, there's a joy that comes at the end of giving. But the guy who took it and buried it, I talked about it last week, you can listen to the podcast. The guy that took it and buried it, it's not that he buried the talent, it's that he wasted the opportunity. You can live your whole life, you could come to church every Sunday, but you're burying your talent, you're burying the wealth, because that talent, even though it's representing mon money, monetarily, it's representing money. When we hear talent, that's just the largest measure of currency in scripture, in the culture at the time. When we talk about talents, we think of the guys who are up here singing this morning, amen? But God's talking in this example about wealth. But you take whatever wealth and whatever resource that you've got, and you use your skills, your abilities, your knowledge, your opportunity, you seize those opportunities for yourself? No, for the kingdom of God. You invest your life daily. See, God holds us responsible. You see this accounting here. This is stewardship responsibility. God is, is expecting a return on his investment. This Lord in this example who is Jesus Christ is expecting a return on his investment. Now, he doesn't expect the one with one talent to produce the results of the guy who had five. But he expects that one to turn into two. Now, it's not up to you to go and magically make it turn into two somehow. It's up to you to go and what feels like take a risk. It feels, the faith life, it feels like taking a risk. You gotta call things that be not as though they are. You gotta walk by faith and not by sight. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You always feel like you're taking a risk in the kingdom of God. But what's really happening is it's no risk at all. It's no risk at all. God's got you. Oh, he's got you in the center of his hand. You are the apple of his eye. Jesus sits today on the throne in heaven with all authority in heaven and in earth, and he's working with you. Hallelujah. Working with you. Mark 16, in verse 15, we've got that seminal verse that I started with last week, going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But let's go a little deeper. Let's go a few verses on. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. They're already condemned. God's rescuing them out of that. And these signs will follow. I love the way Pastor pressed in today. Yes, we're, we're expecting signs and wonders. I've seen many. I'm going to go down this hit list here. I've seen all of this. And when I get to one, if you've seen one too, you shout out hallelujah. You ready? And these signs will follow those who, who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. You ever seen that? Yes. I said hallelujah. 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 And they will speak with new tongues. Anyone seen that? Yeah. And they will take up serpents. Anyone seen that? Yeah. 
No. I got a blue-tongued lizard lives in my rock thing next to I'm happy to pick it up. It's, it's no issue. But you know what? If you had to, I mean, if you had to, you pick it up, you shake it loose, you shake it off. We got the Apostle Paul's example there to follow. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. You ever seen that? Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. And it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. I've been the one who's laid hands on and watched them recover. I've been the one who was on the receiving end and recovered. Hallelujah. That's all I got to say. I worked all day with this arm yesterday and I got no pain. I can just tell you God's good. He's good. Hallelujah. Now, I'm believing for these two titanium kickstands and that titanium doorstop to disappear in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to need an op to get those out. Jesus is taking them out. That's my declaration. That's next on my hit list. Hallelujah. Hmm. Hallelujah. Oh, I love it. All authority. All authority. In Matthew 28, just looking at some of the last words of Jesus before he ascended. Some of the last things that he addressed in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Everybody say always. Always. Even to the end of the age. The end of the age when we stand at the Bema Seat of Christ and we get adorned and everything that was no value gets cleaned up and then we're off into eternity. Hallelujah. Been faithful and little, ruler over much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Amen. That's our destination. Look by rapture or by rupture. That's that's my outcome. Death holds no sting for me. I could get hit by a bus. I really don't care. I mean, I want to live. I think I got some stuff to do, but I really don't care. Amen? Full assurance. Full assurance. Full assurance in here, not up here. Sometimes my head rebels. Amen? I love in John 21, 19, last words uh, from Jesus were to Peter. Peter's fretting about what's going to happen with me, yada, yada. And Jesus says, Peter, you know enough, follow me. That's what Jesus says to us, follow me. Takes faith to do it, but follow me. Follow me. Follow me. In Acts 1, verses 7 and 8, I love this. Because this is the mission we're on. Here we are in Australia, truly from Jerusalem, we're at the end of the earth. You go from Jerusalem in any direction, north, south, east, west, and if you're flying at the same speed, you're going to arrive in Australia. You can't get far away, further away from Jerusalem than this. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes Amen. upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and then a little further out in Judea, and then a little further out where the Gentiles were, the unclean people in Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. 
this Gentile standing here at the ends of the earth, and, and we've got the gospel, and we've got the city of Casey, and we've got a purpose, and God's using us, and he's providing miraculously, and he's opening opportunities, hallelujah, and we're doing all that we can to be good stewards with what he has entrusted to us, because you know what? There's nothing else to do in this Christian life but to be faithful in the little things. And he's going to make you ruler over much. And you know what? It grows and grows and grows and grows. We're a small church doing huge things because of faithful and little. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at the ingredients of tithing. Some of the ingredients. I'm going to run through these real quick. I'm going to go Old Testament, all right? We are not following the Mosaic law. But there are principles in there that God instituted that have always been sound principles that we need to be aware of and we need to use and we need to follow. In Genesis 4, verses 2 to 8, we see Cain and we see Abel. Now, Cain killed Abel, but before all of that went down, we've got this issue with offering. It says that Abel brought his, his best, his first lambs, his best lambs. He took the fat from them and he gave the best. That was where the flavor was. He gave that to God. He gave his best. And then it says of Cain, it says Cain brought an offering. Just generic. Eh, here's a little bit of some of my stuff. What do I want to give Jesus? I want to take that to the marketplace. I want to do something with this. Okay, I'll give you this. He went wrong inside. He went awry. And Jesus went to Cain when his offering was not accepted because he did it out of the wrong motivation. He said, Cain, what are you worried about? Hey, if you do well, will, it, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, then sin lies at the door. Catch this. Why should you tithe? Why should you be faithful in your finances? Because sin waits at the door. And it desires for you, but you should rule over it. We get a choice to rule over sin. When we give our offering, we give our tithe, when we help somebody in the least little thing, whether it's here at church or whether it's just out there in the community where our right hand doesn't even know what our left hand is doing. We're just doing it in secret, just before God, just being faithful in those little things. What is happening is for us, the benefit is not only that joy, being ruler over much, but it's also that we're growing, but it's also that we have the power to rule over this. I'm empowered in that moment. My money, my stuff does not own me. Yeah. Amen? Hold it like this. I talked about that last week. You grab hold of it. You take it like it's yours, and it's holding you. Yeah. It's holding you. You better let go. God puts it there, and you use it for his kingdom, and someone can come and take, and, and some might blow off into the breeze, and you're like, I don't know where that went, but God's carrying it away to somebody else, whatever. But everything you need is always going to be there when you need it. He's faithful. He is faithful. Hallelujah. I love in Genesis 14, we see the principle of tithe Melchizedek. Now, Jesus is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Go and study that out for yourself. But Genesis 14, verses 17 to 20, we've got, we've got uh, Abram, before his name was changed to Abraham. we got Abram, who's gone out and conquered an entire army. He's refused to take anything from the filthy, evil king of Sodom. Nothing would he take from him. But everything else he took 
and he gave to God. He gave to this priest, this, this Melchizedek. He comes out of nowhere. I love it. Yeah, and then Melchizedek, king of Salem, meaning peace. Oh, I know a king of peace. Brought out bread and wine. Oh, I know what that means. Amen. He was priest of God most high. Oh, Jesus is our high priest. And he blessed him. Oh, hallelujah. It says Abraham gave him a tenth of everything that he had. He gave it with the right motivation. He gave it for the right reasons. You know, something happens when we care about what God cares about. You know, in this house, tithing is a beautiful thing because it is proportional responsibility. We're all responsible for the affairs of this house. Amen? Now, we don't march our bills up here to you every week. Uh, you've never seen that, ever. You wanna see that stuff? You come to our AGM. It's a legal responsibility. You can come along to our AGM. There you go, boom, done. But we don't march that stuff up here because we wanna leave space for you to respond for right reasons. Do you understand? But we all have proportional responsibility in this house. You got 100 bucks? 10 bucks would be your responsibility. You got 1,000 bucks? 100 bucks would be your responsibility. Amen? Amen. You give it with joy, with hilarious giving on the front end. You protect yourself. And then on the tail end, you might give to needs, you might give to extra things, but God's gonna make sure you've got enough. When you are faithful in the little, he makes you ruler over much. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus takes our giving personally. I love in Matthew 25, verses, verse 31. This is where we see Jesus taking it personally. I won't read the whole thing, but I touched on it last week. You can listen to the podcast. But at, when Jesus judges the nations and he separates the sheep from the goat nations, he says to those who are sheep who have followed him, who have been obedient to him, he says, and he will set uh, the sheep on his right hand, the hand of favor, but the goats will go to the left. And then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. The kingdom of God that we live in was prepared for us before the foundations of this planet were even set. Do you understand that? Oh, we're not walking in some manipulative principle. These are the foundations. These are the foundations we build on. And he goes on to say, because the reason you can do that is because I was hungry and you gave me drink. I was thirsty. Uh, I, I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. Uh, I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. That's an accurate description of our mission field. That is our mission field. Who should I help? Right there. There's your laundry list. There's the menu. Go and find somebody. Be a need-seeking missile and go out there and find that need and be present in that moment and you be that teabag in sunshine, hot water. Amen? And infuse that situation. God's going to prosper you from the inside out. Amen? The alternate to that lifestyle is a deep internal poverty. You've got to have all the money in the world and be completely impoverished on the inside. Don't live that life because you've got an option. Cain surely had an option, but sin waits at the door. 
God's given us sound principles to follow, but we have to choose, and sin waits at the door. If we follow God's principles, we get God's results. And he wants us to have his results. God loves a cheerful giver. He just pours out over the one that he can trust, who's been faithful and little. He just pours out. Jenny and I sowed a huge seed before we went to America with, with four little kids. We left the house with 300 bucks. Jenny twisted her ankle, walking out the door, foot swelled up, and we were like, okay, baby, you wanna go? She's like, yeah, we're going in Jesus' name. We made a decision, 300 bucks to have three weeks in the United States. That was all we had to go on, 300 Aussie, so you know how bad that is. But we went on faith. You know what? We came back. God miraculously, instantly healed Jenny's purple turning green ankle like that in the middle of a service on finances, on tithing. Exactly what I'm teaching about today. God could heal you right now while I'm preaching on finances. You know what? Because he confirms his word with signs and wonders, with miracles. Amen? That's our God. Hallelujah. There's no topic taboo in the kingdom of God. Yeah, We get to talk about all of it. What can't we talk about? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Our God is good. But don't lose perspective. And at the end of that trip, we came with, back with about 450 bucks. We hadn't missed a meal. We slept in beds, warm beds. We, we, had a, we had a roof over our head. We got everywhere we needed to be, and man, we went everywhere. Well, what an adventure in Christ we have. I'm going to bring it in for a landing here. Philippians 4, verses 14 to 23. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I covered this last week. It's emphatic when Paul says, my God. Everybody shout, my God. You ready? We've been shouting today on three. One, two, three. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. It's all up there, and we got access to it all down here. Paul's saying, my God, whom I know, who I'm intimate with, who I commune with daily, who has built me, created me for just such a time as this that I live in, my God, I know my God will supply all of your needs. Not some, not a little bit, and like, hey, good luck, 50-50 chance. No, all of your needs. All of them. All of them. God's been so faithful to me. I tell you what, when I jump for joy on Sunday morning, it's because he's been so good. Oh, he has been so good. And he's still just being more good to me, more good, more good. I know that's not even the right English, but I don't care. He's being gooder to me, whatever. Hallelujah. Matthew 6, verse 19 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Ah. <laughs> I love it. Everything is just there. I oh, love you, Lord. Love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and money. So serve God, and he'll make sure when you need mammon, you've got mammon. It's just a tool. It's like the crescent wrench you need. It's like the plumber's wrench you need to fix the plumbing. It's like the hammer you need to bang that nail in. It's like the saw you need to cut the wood. You get it? It's just a tool. Can't take it with you. I mean, we won't be putting your bank account in the box with you when you go. 
Nope. You leave the way you came in. God has given us in these principles of tithing and offering and our giving and what I've covered with you today, he's given us the power to rule over our stuff and not be ruled by our stuff. God is faithful. Cain had two masters and in the end, sin was crouching at the door and got him and he lost a brother over it and he lost far more than a brother over it. Envy, jealousy, coveting. Oh, it's one of the worst It's one of the worst. You go deeply awry inside. So maintain a kingdom perspective, brothers and sisters. Money's just a tool to affect the culture and bring transformation and change is what God gave me. It's just a tool to affect the culture and bring transformation and change. I want to pop that slide up for me there, Ryan. There you go. Our slogan at Casey City Church, our mission statement is transforming community through knowing Christ and loving people. You're gonna see these graphics used in a number of different ways. Our statement is clear. Our goal is to transform community, but you do that first by knowing Christ. You know, when I go out to transform the community, I want people to know Christ. That is my deepest desire. And once you know Christ and the power of his resurrection in every area of your life, including your finances, until you've seen his faithfulness there, until you've done what feels like a risk there, until you have trusted him there, it's difficult to love people properly. Because sometimes you gotta pay someone's bill, you gotta pick up their tab. Amen? In this house, you have proportional responsibility in this house. Just go get alone with God. Get right with that. Okay? Just do it. It's the greatest opportunity for growth. You're going to love what happens after that. Amen.